This episode of the Golf Game Podcast on the Sports Game Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. For boosted same game pilots, live in game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. You sign up today, you bet 100 bucks, you get 100 bucks at sportsgamepodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamepodcast.com slash Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions do apply. All right, DJs, welcome back for a quick recap of the Honda and that Arnold Palmer preview. with your boy, Boston Cap, with the God of Golf himself, Steve Shermer. Steve, how are you, buddy? Uh, I'm doing all right. It's the weekend missed opportunities. Uh, yeah. I did something really stupid uh, before the tournament. Uh, I'll get to that in a little bit. But, yeah, look, um, you know, it was the Honda. It was, it was pretty unpredictable as far as the leaderboard, as far as, like, um, you know, guys kind of bombing out at the wrong time for me. Uh, Could have been a very good week. Uh, end up being a down week though. So uh, we're going to try to get back on our winning ways to Bay Hill. Um, yeah, but Chris Kirk wins the Honda classic. Um, and I've been banging the drum for this guy for seems like two years and I should have been on him, but I wasn't. No. So that's no. that. He tried to give it away. Yeah. A, a lot. A lot of guys tried to give it away. No. <laughs> this tournament. I mean, he gave it away on 18 and then he was behind a tree um, in the first playoff hole, hit a nice fucking, out shot and then he stuck it. That last shot, he yeah. stuck it. I think it was like within three feet. You knew it was over because he got homeboy. What's his name? Cole gave himself a shot. Eric Cole. Uh, at yeah. yeah, he gave himself a shot at Bird. 34 year old fucking PGA Tour rookie. I'd like to know more about that backstory. Yeah. I mean, maybe full swing can uh, do a backstory on him next time. It's, I mean, you know, second place finish, though, that's probably good enough to keep your card because you get, uh, you know, finishing second this week is the same amount of points as finishing second at uh, the waste management. You know, I'm, yeah, I'm sure Nick sense. Taylor's really happy about that. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Makes sense. That definitely yeah. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So uh, so why I'm a little annoyed, although I'm going to try and put a positive spin on it. So before the tournament, I was banging the drum about how what types of guys have been winning these crap field, you know, if you're not a premium player. And it yep. usually was this grizzled veteran who had won before, uh, might have not won for a while. And Chris Kirk for the bill. And I actually had a bet on Chris Kirk, but uh, then I saw he was really chalk on DFS, and I saw that uh, a couple mainstream uh, outlets were picking him to win, and I'm like, well, it's not that I believe that like he's like cursed at that point. It's more like I got to reevaluate my thinking on this. And so then I (laughs) swerved just because like, all right, because I'm sharp, and I went with Billy Horsch, who had no form, and he showed. I mean, I felt really good after the first round, and then he sucked the rest of the way. Yeah. So I'm a little annoyed that. I was on the case of Chris Kirk. Uh, didn't go through with it. Um, I had a couple of top forties uh, knock on my way today. Uh, thank you, Christian Bazain. Who? Thank you, Adam Svensson. Um, otherwise, it would have been a profitable week if I just had those two land the top forty. Uh, whatever it is, what it is. But you know, listen, I, I love the backstory from Chris Kirk. Um, you know, battling back. You know, being alcoholic. Um, you know, fighting his way back. I remember a couple of years ago, he needed to finish, I think, third at Sony to keep his card. Yeah. Because you know, he was on the temporary conditional status and he got it. And he's had a lot of great finishes since then. Um, a lot of near misses at a lot of big time events, especially around this like Florida swing. Finally gets it yeah. done. So he's you know good here. props to him. Yeah. He's good at API. He is good at API. Gonna, oh, do you think he's going to go back to back now? Fuck no. I'm just curious what it does to his price. Oh, I mean, it's <laughs> going to go through the roof. Yeah, no, I just that's why I'm just I just want like is, is Kirk since he just won and he's got I think he's got a couple top fives, top tens the last couple times. He's yeah, he's got, he's got two third place finishes and a win now in three of his last four. Sorry, he's you know, listen, it's John Rahm and Chris Kirk as far as the hottest players in the world right now. It's fucking insane. I mean, I, like I want like I'm just curious, like because he like normally if he didn't just win, Kirk would have been what like 60 to 80 in this in this field, and then since he just won, like is he going to be in like the 40s? Like would. No, I still, th- you know I still think it's just, I, I, it's just I, weird to think about. I still think he's going to be like 60 to one. Yeah. Damn. It's, I mean, you got 44 of the top 50 players in the world this week. Uh, Stackfield. Yeah. Um, can't, wait to, can't wait to lose money on outrights again this week. I'm so excited. Dude, no, no negativity. You're close. <laughs> all right. You're close. Plus you've been shadow betting and hitting on some stuff. So you know what? You're doing okay. Yeah, that's fair. It's how cash that's is a little fair. dry for you, but you're you're how cash is a little dry, but shadow betting's out. Exactly. So, <laughs> um, wasn't gonna say a, a, another week though, where um, it seemed like t- uh, TIO rules uh, bailed <sighs> out the winner, uh, no. Chris Kirk yesterday, uh, in a horrible spot on 18. Kind of like what we talked about before the tournament. You guys were gonna clank it off yep. uh, the hospitality tents right behind the green because they knew his backboard, and then he was able to move it 
like basically 20 yards to the right. Oh, no, it was and 30. All right, 30 <laughs> yards. Uh, gets up and down for birdie, and yep. he was in a playoff today. And, uh, you know, yep. without it, maybe he doesn't uh, get in there. It's Eric Cole, actually, who, who it was. By the way, so I, I didn't watch any anything after uh, they teed off on one. Um, and then Kirk put it up Paul Meadowbush. But uh, the first hole for Eric Cole went very poorly for him. Mm-hmm. Um, no. And I thought he was probably – now he had to save it. I think he ended up getting par anyways. But, you know, a nervy tee shot, you know, yep. not a great approach shot. I'm like, all right, this guy's dead. So then I have going to like a little party today. Came back and I was surprised he made the playoffs. So good for him. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. He, I, he looked good, man. He, dude, he made – he just made – so I watched – I didn't watch everything, right? I just threw it on. It was kind of like aquarium, and I was checking it yep. on. As I, I did start watching when I got a little tighter down the down the stretch. But dude was making every fucking putt. I mean, I'll have to look, but I guarantee he made like 150 feet of putts. Yeah, probably. I'll have to take it with the stats. Maybe his uh, strokes yeah. and putting stuff is uh, out, you know outrageous. But uh, yeah. yeah, listen, listen. Um, I mean, and he, I, and he almost and he almost I mean, he almost hold out the playoff one. He just had, hit a little too firm, and it and it lipped out. Yeah, there you go. So. Um, I think this is probably something to keep in mind. Again, another short odds guy wins, even if this is a crappy field. Uh, there has been a trend and a theme of these types of guys when winning. If it's not a premium player, it's one of his profiles. Um, I think you should just adopt that going forward. If you miss out on the flavors of the weeks, like there were a lot of this week, um, a lot of them were close. No. So fuck you, fuck you very much, Dietrich. I, 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 I think yeah, Dietrich was uh, that was uh, I, w- I wish I never found that uh, stupid golf course in Germany. Oh. Uh, that was embarrassing. <laughs> uh, EV, a bet on EVR was also embarrassing too. Um, I wasn't on board with that. Yeah, one. you know what? I, I could have had like I could have removed EVR and Will and just said, you know what? Leave me Kirk and Horschel. You know why I just go with both of them? No, yeah. I'm an why, why be why be smart? I know exactly. Yeah. Why? You know why? Why, 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 why make why it why that? make it any more difficult than uh, than the fucking sport already you know because you know there there still is some ego to filling out these betting cards and having the stuff put yeah. out there and yeah um i mean it would have been kind of like all right this is a honda classic you're putting two guys under 30 on your car like what do you do yeah 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 if i so. if i didn't if i didn't publicly release my betting card i would probably bet more like a coward and, uh, probably <laughs> yeah probably i mean well cowards have, i mean the cowardly way of betting golf has been heading lately so Listen, I don't. I don't think it's really going to change anytime soon. So, nope. Um, I actually uh, hand up, uh, admit it. I actually watched more live golf this week this weekend too. than uh, actually Honda. Uh, look, it's too. it's whatever. It's fine. I don't think it's elite. I don't think it's terrible. It's golf no. on television. Yeah, um, exactly. I thought Mayakoba played a little better. It does in November. It was a little firmer, a little windier, a little tougher. Um. But yeah, I mean the broadcast is still horrible, but so, I didn't really so notice. The broadcast is so bad. Yeah, it's really bad. But otherwise, it's just it's it's golf that's it's on. Golf. Yeah. Like yeah. I mean, it's got some of the guys who I like. Like so, whatever. Yeah, I mean, you can't tell me that the Honda Classic is just as important <laughs> as as this tournament. I mean, look at the guys in this field. Um, I think it doesn't help that I'm aware that. The FedEx Cup points allocated to the Honda is just the same as the Phoenix Open. That was elevated then. I think that's dumb. I think that basically waters down the entire thing at that point. Um, but whatever. I mean, I, I think it helps with the fact I'm kind of insulated from a lot of stuff from social media that they put out yeah. there. I know that's there's a lot of BS that comes their way. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I didn't really have any strong opinion for the team uniforms they had. I just like, all right, whatever. They just look like golfers out there. So... It didn't really offend me. I'm sorry if it offended a lot of people, but whatever. Yeah, I don't care. They also apparently they uh, in one of the cutaways to commercial, they showed uh, two girls making out, and uh, somebody was like, "I think it was Kenny." He was he was like, uh, "I wonder how the boss is going to feel about that." I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> they're not going to like that." Well, it's a classy organization, Saudi. so I wouldn't expect anything Saudi. less than Saudi. that. Saudi is what Saudi is what I'm saying. Yeah, two females kissing. Oh. It's very 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 illegal there. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, why don't we transition to Bay Hill from that point? So, uh, actually, why don't we take All a right. break first, and then let's get to talking about a real tournament. Oh, yeah, real quick. How sad that Jack is still up in the booth, by the way. So oh, he, he, he broke some news today, by the way. Oh, I wasn't listening. What did he say? Uh, well, I read an article. Apparently, uh, he broke news that the Honda – now, this is Jack. Take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Um, but he apparently purported just – out of the open that the Honda is actually going to get moved on the schedule 
and they're going to be an elevated event. Um, the the Pebble Beach is going to be an elevated event. Phoenix will not be elevated next year. But yeah, because uh, that's that draws us eyeballs and people anyway. It doesn't matter. Yeah, which is going to be fine. I think that's probably how it should be. Yeah. Uh, apparently, I think between Riviera and Honda, uh, Mexico is going to get the slot. Okay. Which is going to be even worse than the oh Honda. God. Yeah. So um, that's how the schedule is going to shake out next year. Apparently, Honda is going to get elevated, which fine. You know what? I, I I would like to see some of the better players tackle this punishing golf course. Yeah. I, I think and and I, I just thought it was like, because they were shilling hard for fucking Honda. Like, oh, they're like the longest sponsor. We love Honda. Yeah, like, wow. all the broadcasters. And I was like, um, they're fucking leaving because you guys are. fucked them over. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah, like, I, I I bet it's I bet Workday is probably going to sponsor them next year. <laughs> they've uh so. they've done a, they've done a, I think uh Workday sponsored the concession. You mm. know that's Jack Nicholas ties. They sponsored uh when Murfield had back to back tournaments oh, yeah. during the COVID year. That was kind of cool. Uh, Workday sponsored that. I, I I'm going to guess it's probably the Workday Classic uh, next year, and it'll elevate its status. Yeah. And you know what? I think it'll be fun. Well, they don't pay Phil for those terrible commercials anymore. So no, they don't. Uh, they pay Matthew Fitzpatrick. He's sponsored by Workday, though. And you don't like him. I know. I know. I actually kind of like him this week, but whatever. All right. So, okay. so all right. Well, listen. Uh, WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Game Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there's tons of ways to win, including live betting and same game parlays, AK Win. That's build your own bet. Match Madness is almost here. Plus, plenty of ways to getting down on the NBA, NHL, and XFL. You sign up today to receive a special offer. You bet 100 bucks, you get 100 bucks. It's limited to state availability. And of course, for our DGENs only, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from, and all you got to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offer is subject to change. Terms and conditions of winbet.com. Must be 21 and older and present in state where playthrough winbet is available. If you somebody know has a game from call 1-800-522-4700. And the merch store, uh, we're adding new stuff every week. Uh, the rest are terror shirts. It's probably my favorite, um, other than our own branded stuff. Uh, I imagine that's a good conversation starter. Uh, so head over to the store at sportsgamingpodcast.com to get your favorite swag. Okay. How's my stream, by the way? I saw a little icon that uh, was going in and out there. My oh, right. no, you were fine. Yeah, you were fine. Okay. All right. We're good now. All right. Bay Hill. Uh, so look, guys, I, I'm going to be real with you. I'm pretty exhausted. I had a long weekend. Uh, I am also at the point where I can't go out socializing past 1130 and uh, <clears throat> I feel terrible the next day. I didn't even, wasn't even hung over. I was just tired. That's it. So this is good. So I'm going to go through everything. We're going to kind of breeze through it. I have my article. If I kind of gloss over something, my apologies. Um, but I'm going to give you the main points about Bay Hill tonight. Uh, what I like about the golf course, what I don't like about it, I'll get Capper's opinion as well. Um, we'll go from there. So Bay Hill. Uh, so this was originally a, uh, orange, uh, basically, um, an orange farm Growth. and yeah. it was a terrible orange farm. It didn't produce any fruit. So this guy named, uh, Dick Wilson basically bought the place, uh, turned it into a golf course. He actually planted it with this strange grass called Tiff Way Bermuda. It was the first golf course. Um, I think in Florida with this particular strain of Bermuda. Uh, but then Arnold Palmer started coming to this place in 1965. He fell in love with it in 1970, started leasing it. Uh, and then in 1975, he purchased the place outright. Uh, and then he negotiated nice. with the PGA tour and they have had the Arnold Palmer invitational at the Bay Hill club and lodge ever since 1979. So it's undergone a couple changes through the years. The biggest renovation that happened uh, recently was 2009. It's a long time ago, but it was 2009. That was when they had, um, I think a lot of bunker work, uh, they might've rerouted a couple of holes too. Uh, but the goal of the renovation was to basically make it a little more playable for people like us, people mm. like Capper, um, you know, which it's a Florida golf course. It's difficult. There's a lot of water, you know? So, um, anything that you can kind of do to kind of make it a little more playable, maybe a little easier for, you know, higher handicaps, got to get around, maybe some abilities to maybe, you know, putt around the green instead of trying to chip, you know? from off it, stuff like that. Uh, did he do a good job? Not really. Um, despite his best efforts, you know, Bay Hill still kind of plays really tough. Uh, there is really not many safe places for an amateur to bail out. Everything's right on front of you, but it's a really difficult driving uh, golf course. I'll get to a lot of the reasons why in a little bit. Um, and like a lot of four of the golf courses, there's a lot of water hazards, uh, eager to gobble up some errant drives. The wind can be a really big factor too. Uh, I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. Wind, wind was not a factor at PGA National. 
uh, that kind of took away from a little bit of the carnage. Uh, I think this is going to be a shit show uh, at Bay Hill next week. Which is uh, weird. Which is weird to me. So it's Orlando. It's it's in the middle. Like there's no ocean. Like you know what I mean. So I don't understand why it gets so much fucking wind. Why I think a cold front's going to come through. Yeah. But I, it happens all the time. So yeah. it's just it's it's strange to me that it's in the middle of fucking it's in the middle of the goddamn state. Like you go there in the summertime, it's stagnant and fucking humid as hell. You know what I mean? So like the, like I would pray for wind when dragging my kids to fucking Disney World and there'd be not not a hint of a breeze. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, listen, you live down there, but you're right. I mean, the last couple. So, like, there were a couple of tournaments, I think, back in, like, the mid-2010s, like, 2015 or 2014, where, like, like when you score as close to 20 under, at the yeah. last four or five years, you're right. It's gotten firm. It's gotten windy, yeah. like, you know, single-digit winning scores. Like, I think Hatton won it, like, three under one year or four yeah. under. That was that was good. I, I cashed that one that day. That was nice. Um <laughs> But anyways, this is a very tough golf course. The wind plays a big factor. It really dries out the golf course. It also doesn't help, too, that so the prevailing wind is from the north, and this golf course basically runs north and south for most of the holes. Now, you know, for a pro, like, you know, like, you know, give them a little bit of a tailwind, that's actually fine for them, or a headwind, that's fine. But, like, for an amateur, you know, if you've got a significant headwind, that's a disaster because you can't really carry any bunkers or, you know, the, you know water comes more into play. Uh, or it pushes your ball maybe towards the rough a bit. But it also, even if you have a downwind shot, you know what guys like you and me are going to do? We're going to airmail the green. You know you can't do a Bay Hill airmail green because exactly. these things get firm and crispy and quick. Um, you're just going to run the ball. You're not going to get anywhere close to the ball uh, if you're long at this golf course. So, um, you know, it is, I wouldn't say it's a good stretch of holes from an architecture standpoint, but it's an exciting stretch starting with a 15th hole. So 15, 16, 17, 18, there, there can be a lot of drama there. We saw it last year with, uh, you know, Hovland and Shepard kind of go back and forth. And Gary Woodland, poor guy. I'll talk about poor Gary in a that was little the, bit. That was the bunker, right? Yeah, we're going to talk about the bunkers at this place um, down in the banking strategy section. But so start with hole number 15, which is um, I, I've, I've come to this podcast and said there's a lot of bad par fives. Uh, you know, I proclaim that this is the worst par five on the PGA Tour. I don't really do a list of par fours. This probably ranks up there with one of the worst par fours on the PGA Tour. This is... So first of all, the tee box is across the street and he got hit over a row of hedges. So that's never any good. Um, The fairway is borderline unfair. So it gets to be literally concrete. So like even you see guys hitting like three woods and hybrids straight through. And it's probably about like 270, 280 uh, to the end of the fairway. Balls just run right through it. And the, the, the ryegrass rough overseed here is really thick and really gnarly. Um, they definitely put a lot of fertilizer in this stuff to make it really tough. Um, you can try and cut the corner, but there's out of bounds all the way down the right. And again, you can't really hold the fairway. So really the best strategy here is hit it as far as you can try and cut the corner and just gouge out with a wedge and hope you kind of hit it close to the green, but the greens are just so firm and fast. Like guys are complaining last year. This, they got really out of control on the 15th yeah. green. Um, just a bad, bad design par four. I, they got to do something to soften up those fairways or something. But I don't know. I mean, I, I think this place probably needs a renovation. Uh, it's a little tired at this point. Maybe this is one of the holes they can do. Um, yeah. Hole number 16, that's a very reachable par five. Uh, it depends on the wind, though. It, it runs from um, basically north to south. So if you have a north prevailing wind, it's very reachable in two. Although if you go over the green, that can be a little tricky uh, trying to get up and down. But uh, if you're in one of the fairway bunkers, you're probably not making the green. You probably got to lay up short of the water and try and get up and down from there. Uh, this is your, probably your last opportunity for a birdie on you know, uh, the rest of your round because 17 and 18 are absolutely brutal. Yeah. Uh, 17 is 221 yards. It's got that long bunker in front that kind of bleeds into the water. So it's really triggering if you're watching on Shot Tracker, and it's like really close between like the bunker and the water. Because sometimes <laughs> Like sometimes it'll fool you and it'll say like in the water, but then the guy can get up because it's actually just enough in the bunker or they'll say it's in the bunker, but it's actually a penalty. And you get really upset when that happens. Let me tell you, I've been on that. Yes. Um, And then we saw last year guys having a lot of trouble getting up and down from that front bunker. Um, And then number 18, which is just an impossible hole. Um, Especially if they have a South wind, like we're going to have one of these days. Uh, It's about 320 to the water. So you can't really hit driver if you have a south wind because, the again, the fairways are really firm. It's a really narrow fairway with really thick rough. Uh, if you're in the rough on the right, 
uh, you're basically dead because you'd have yeah. to carry over the water hazard, which is probably not going to happen. You're probably going to end up there. You probably, your best bet is probably just end up laying up about 40 yards short of the green, try and get up and down from there. Um, even if you're in the fairway, it's not easy to hold that green, especially if you're in that back bunker. Um, the Sunday pin placement is all the way down, like tucked to the right. Mm-hmm. Just a really brutal par four. Um, but there's a lot of excitement that can go, you know, da- down these last couple holes. A lot of ways for the tournament to kind of flip on itself. Uh, you got a par five that can flip things. I think it flipped for Bryson DeChambeau a couple of years ago. Uh, I think oh, he, I think he birdied. I think Connors and somebody else couldn't birdie. Is this uh, this is this is where he he went for the green, even though it was like fifty yards to the right, right? I mean, he still yeah, sm- he still yeah. smashed the ball, but yeah, he did. Well, one of the days. Um, it's going to be, a, I think, a north wind or a south wind from, although, you know, what, actually, so it, it's a south wind with like 35 miles per hour. So guys actually might go for the green on. So, you know, how it, like that, it goes around that lake. There's like yeah. number three, number six guys might actually go for the green on number three now because it's only 434 yeah. yards, but you have like a 35 yard or mile power wind. You can probably oh, carry man. it close to that green. So I would say a guy like Cam Young probably will go for it. Uh, he could definitely drive the green there, but. Otherwise, good closing uh, stretch of holes. Uh, It's a very tough golf course. I'll get into some of the reasons why uh, it can be really tough, but it's another. The wind's going to be up this week. Uh, It's going to flip around a bunch of different ways. It's going to be entertaining. Again, if you like to watch NASCAR for the car crashes, you're going to like this week. Um, Mm -hmm. But am I going to lose? Like, am I going to be in my deathbed and? I don't know, 10 years, hopefully not 10 years. Jesus uh, Christ. <laughs> um, if I'm going to be on a deathbed and say like, Oh, I really wish I played Bay Hill. Uh, probably not. Uh, I no, don't really have no, a desire to play not. this place. What about you? Like, so what do you think about this place? I mean, it's, it's kind of like what you said. I enjoy the carnage of it. Uh, and I, I just, it baffles me about the wind. Cause like I said, like, I mean, I live down here, like it, it's not windy in Orlando. So like to get the wind up like that much, it's crazy. Um, I dig it. I think it'll be fun to see. Um, some of the stronger American players here, because you know the Florida swing was always when the Euros were coming and and picking picking events off and and used to playing in these type of conditions. So mm-hmm. it'll be fun to see Cantlay in Florida. Like I can't wait to see how he plays. I know. Uh, and Xander playing this event too. I think yeah. he uh, he's played a couple times. I think, but I don't think he has much success here. Yeah. Um, Cantlay ever played it? No, Cantlay's never played. Yeah, this no thing. way. He avo- yeah, he, he fucking avoids hates Florida. Florida. He hates reason. Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, more yeah and I'm looking here. forward to it. I, yeah, I, I I like this. I like this tournament. I like the I like the course. But like you said, I don't want to go fucking play it. Like it looks fucking no. like shoot fucking two hundred on this thing. No, thank you. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, and then it's uh, it's obviously a prelude to uh, the Players Championship next week. Yeah. Uh, so it's another really good strong stretch of golf. Uh, elevated event this week. Players Championship next week. Uh, things are looking good for the PGA Tour. So um, why don't we take an hour break? And then why don't we go over the bang strategies that I'm looking for this week to try to help you. Hopefully win some money, which I have not done for you the last two weeks. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I mean, look, I mean, yeah, whatever it is, what it is. The uh, golf, golf betting is hard. Um, so, uh, listen, we're also brought to you guys by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog is your home for the off-season NFL best ball drafts. They get you covered for other a ton of other daily games, including NBA, NHL, and PGA. Underdog Fantasy is a great way to get down on your favorite player props if they're not available in your state. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Okay. All right, and then why don't we talk about Piper golf balls too? So, look, I mean, the golf season is fast approaching right now. Um, you know, I, up in Rochester, New York, right here, we got an ice storm, but I know that there's some warmer weather on the way, and you're probably, you know, getting up and preparing to get some gear, putting your golf bag, getting ready to go. So, um, you know, a lot of guys, you know, probably stock up and getting like, all right, I, got, I need more golf balls. You'll go to get your Pro V1s, your Taylor Mays, but those are, you know, a higher premium ball. And they're a little bit more expensive. You're going to pay for the premium price. Um, but guys like you and me probably can't max out the benefit of using a Pro V1. We're just not good enough. But, you know, so why do that when you can go with Piper Golf Ball, who makes a ball that's pretty comparable to some of the premium brands for a much lower cost? And Piper Golf also helps you match the right golf ball to your handicap. They actually have a chart on their website um, that goes over based on your handicap, which line of golf ball you have. For example, they got uh, their green line of golf balls. That's for your 15 plus handicaps. It gives you a little bit extra distance for players with slower swing speeds. Uh, you get your bl- the blue balls. 
which is for handicaps between 5 and 15. It's got a good combination of distance and feel uh, for mid-handicappers. Uh, you got your black line of golf balls. That's for your scratch golfers, 12 handicaps. got a smooth, soft feel. It's got a higher spin rate, so the ball lands really soft on the green. It's got some boosted distance gains, too. But their premium ball, though, that's their gold ball. This is one for a little better players. I got it right here. This is your four-piece urethane golf ball. Uh, it feels and looks just like a Pro V1. It feels exactly like it, you know, right in my hand right here. Um, you know, it's got a high ball flight, soft feel, but where it really helps you, and this is where Piper Golf really excels with all their golf balls, is that the best way for a lot of us to get your scores down is be really good around the green. And these balls have a lot of extra spin around the green to help you keep the ball close. Um, you know, you can go to the driving range. You can hit your driver a lot, hit your irons a lot, but the best way to get your handicaps immediately lower is by improving around the green game. So go to piper.golf slash GGP and you'll get 10% off on your first order using promo code GGP. You can opt to subscribe and receive scheduled shipments of golf balls at a 15% discount and you get free shipping on any orders over $50. So go to piper.golf slash GGP and improve your game today. And then lastly, uh, we want to thank everybody for uh, you know watching us on YouTube. So make sure to smash and subscribe, you know, the subscribe button and uh, like this video on YouTube and uh, consume all our content on there every single week. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, so Mush, Mush checking in. Mush sweat that Kirk ticket. He cashed the Kirk ticket this weekend. All right. Well, congratulations. There we yeah. go. Good job. Uh, good job, uh, Cousin Mush there. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Bang strides. Let's go over some general uh, stats and facts. And, uh, you know, so my article just came out tonight. Uh, Capper, stop me if you have any questions. I know you always do. I yep. uh, would be happy to answer <laughs> for you. So, Bay Hill, let's go over some relative stats and statistics. About it. So, it's a par 72, um, you know, four par threes, four par, four par, par fives, uh, 7,466 yards. Uh, the greens average about 7,500 square feet in area, which is a little bigger than the PG Tour standards. And by the way, they need to be big with how firm these things are. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'll talk about the green regulation rate. It's really low at this place. Um, they run about 12 on the stint meter start the tournament, but we're going to see a lot of wind this week. And actually, I'll get to that right now. Okay. Um, so the wind conditions this week. Uh, so Thursday looks okay. It's from the south. That's usually the opposite direction of the prevailing winds. Uh, you know, nine to 15 miles per hour, enough to kind of give some guys a little bit of a bother. Not too terrible. Friday uh, looks to be a disaster. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, gusts to 35 miles per hour pretty much all day. Uh, starts about 14 in the morning, going about 25 <laughs> at one o'clock. So watch your wave splits. It's going to be hot. So it's going to be 90 degrees uh, yeah. that day. It's, it's, it's already hot down here. Like it was, yeah. I, walk, I walked outside today and I was like, fuck, it's coming. Yep. God damn it. God damn it. Well, what's interesting though is that so the first two days, everyone's going to play with a south wind. On Saturday, the west the winds are going to come from the west. So then it's going to be a crosswind for the Ooh. almost all the whole turn. That's going to be a shit show. Like, especially, like, trying to control the ball flight. Like, like once it hits the ground, too, like, it's the, the furrows are so firm. Yep. It's going to be really, really difficult. Like, these guys, they can handle, a you know, a tailwind or a wind in their face. These guys lose their shit if there's a crosswind and we're going to get probably like a 15 to 25 mile per hour crosswind from the West between one and five o'clock on Saturday, this leaderboard might completely shake up. Yeah. And, and we got to listen, it's fucking Sunday night at nine o'clock Eastern. Right. So like right. weather can change, right. Pay attention to the weather. Like we're listen, Florida, Florida weathermen have the easiest job in the world, right. For hot fucking muggy like that's it like and so so let's wait till we get a little closer and uh but yeah dude if that stays on track ooh, right baby like, yep. no work no work is getting done at my job on friday afternoon i will be glued to the fucking ESPN. well yeah that's right <laughs> saturday's got the cross with and then sunday the wind now flips around to the north so you're going to go from starting the tournament from south winds it's going to be north winds to end this can be a completely different golf course basically by the time this thing ends like it's difficult. That's difficult to handicap. It's like, all right, how do humans do in mother nature at that point? <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. You can say you have a lean on it. At the end of the day, there's a lot of luck in golf. I think with this weather forecast that this holds, there's going to be a lot of luck involved. So be patient. Try not to get you triggered if stuff goes and go your way. Um, try and have fun with it. And it is what it is, you know, with this stuff, especially with a golf course where the ball is going to hit the ground. And who knows where it's going to go at that point. Yeah. Uh, we saw last year, and I'll get to it, there was a lot of really unlucky things that happened down the stretch for a lot of guys coming down because this golf course can be, especially when it gets windy and firm, it's really unfair. So 
All right, so let's get back to the betting strategies here. So let's go over some agronomy. So naturally, the golf course is T to green, Bermuda. Um, and then the fairways and rough, though, they're going to be overseed with rice with rye overseed. So, and it's really thick. They put down a lot of fertilizer at Bay Hill. I think they take pride in having really thick rough. Um, yeah. You know, off the fairways there, it's about three inches deep. Now, last year, they actually didn't overseed the fairways. It was actually naturally Bermuda. They're going to overseed it this year, though, so it's back to um, what it was. You know, when Bermuda ball kind of lays a little bit, just slightly down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a rye overseed, it's up a little bit. Some guys prefer to hit on a rye overseeded fairway, you know, versus Bermuda, sometimes vice versa. Um you know, honestly, you probably have to ask every single guy uh, if they prefer that, but it's just something to know. Um, the greens, though, uh, I mentioned that they're going to start at 12 in the centimeter, but with this weather forecast, if, it, if we don't get any rain, if it's really windy, these things are going to be lightning quick by the end of the tournament. Like, it's going to be really difficult to putt on. We'll talk about putting stats in a little bit. Uh, but they're Tiff Eagle Bermuda. Um, that's a more cold-tolerant strain in Bermuda. That's why the greens can stay uh, Bermuda while everywhere else is rye overseed. Uh, there's four other golf courses on the PGA Tour with Tip Eagle Bermuda. That is Albany Golf Course, Plantation Course at Kapalua, uh, Sea Island, and PJ National, like we just saw this week. So if you want to get really, really specific um, with the Tip Eagle Bermuda, uh, listen, it worked out with Chris Kirk. Uh, he's won at Sea Island, and he won, and he's done really well at Bay Hill and ends up winning the Honda Classic. So if you end up going that route of just looking at Tip Eagle specialists, Chris Kirk would have led you there. But overall, though, if you just look at guys who are pretty good Bermuda, um, that'd be, that's fine for you. Um, let's talk about the par threes. Uh, they're the longest of all the non-major golf courses in the PGA Tour as far as length. Uh, they average 210 yards in length, and there's only one par three that actually is uh, less than 200 yards, and it's like 199 yards. So that's for so all intents and purposes, all these par threes are 200-plus yards long, and you and if these greens are really firm. And you're heading like a you know like a six iron or five iron into them. It's going to be really difficult to hold. That's why these uh, par threes are um, they are the third toughest <laughs> on the PG Tour schedule of all venues with at least five tournaments. Only Augusta Nationals par threes and PJ Nationals par threes, which because they have a lot of water, uh, play tougher. Crazy. So these things are nuts. Uh, the par fours are also really tough too. They're not overly long. Uh, they only average collectively about 440 yards in length. There's only uh, I think five of them are over 450 yards, but only one of them plays over 475. So not like it's not like Tory Pines where like all of them are like 480 plus. Right. These have some variety. Like there's some that are like 370. There's some that are like 440. But what makes them tough though is that where the hazards are, where there's some bottlenecking, it can discourage uh, you know hitting a driver at it. Some guys have to basically plot around, hit less than driver. Um, and there's a lot of water, a lot of dog legs. And like I said before, it can be really difficult to hold these par four or these fairways. Um, they're really tough. Uh, Bay Hill features yep. the third toughest par fours on the PGA Tour of all venues, at least five tournaments since 2015. Only the par fours of Augusta National and Torrey Pines play tougher. So, you know, you talk about a lot of guys who've done really well here. They've had a lot of success at Augusta National and Torrey Pines. That's probably the reason why is because really tough par fours at Augusta National and Torrey Pines, really tough par fours here at Bay Hill. Uh, where, you can, where you can take advantage of this golf course if the wind cooperates is with the par fives. Uh, you have to score on these. There are not many scorable par fours or par threes on this golf course, so you have to get birdies on these par fives, and they're really doable. Um, you know, As long as the wind is cooperating and you're in the fairway, they're definitely reachable in two. Um, they rank in about middle of the pack as far as you know scoring average on the PGA Tour. Mostly because, um, you know, if you do miss a green, it is difficult to get up and down from it. But, you know, overall, though, it's where you got to take advantage of, of, of Bay Hill. Um, so let's talk about why Bay Hill is so tough. I mean, obviously, I went through, like, the par threes and par fours are difficult. Um, off the tee is very, very difficult at Bay Hill. It's a very demanding golf course off the tee. It's the eighth most difficult golf course off the tee of all tournaments, at least five uh, tournaments since 2015. So. Why are they difficult? I just talked about with the par fours, with the positioning of the of the uh, the water hazards, uh, with the fairway bunkers, the bottlenecking there. Oftentimes, you got to club down. Uh, the average driving distance of all drives at Bay Hill is only 280 yards. That is the eighth what? shortest. Yeah, 
a lot of guys got to actually club down. And I think a lot of it is too that like if a ball ends up um, off the fairway, it's just going to stop in the rough. Stop. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, the driving accuracy rates is only about 62.2%. That's, and the last couple of years, it's been like, I think sub 60. Oh so that's really low rates for the PGA tour. Like, like these fairways, when they get firm and bouncy, like you're, you're just having trouble holding them. But, but like, there are a couple like shorter par fours, but where the bunkers are and like where the trees are, like you have to lay back. So a lot of times you're basically playing positional golf. Everything's right in front of you. Don't make a mistake uh, and do that. Um, it also features a lot of penalty strokes. Uh, so it has um, the eighth highest penalty stroke per round uh, at Bay Hill. And it also has another thing too. It's, it actually has the highest rate of reloads, basically a stroke and distance penalty. So off the tee, which adds to the difficulty of, of Bay Hill is that if you hit it in a water hazard at this golf course, you're reteeing most likely. Yeah. You're not dropping yep. you know, next to it and hitting your third. So very off the tee this week, and we'll get to the relative skill set chart. Extremely important this week. You look at guys who have done well here, like guys who either hit a lot of fairways or just mash it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, the guys who are efficient off the tee are going to do really well this week. So more more cow hasn't played here. Has he, I think he has. And I think he, um, I don't think it went very well for him on the greens and around the green that week. So I, I still worry about him with wind too. Like there's been instances yeah. where, where like I say that and then he ends up doing okay. And then I'm like, all right, well maybe he's okay. And then he sucks. Yeah. So I don't know. I, was, I, 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 I never get him right. Yeah. It was windy in Boston for the open, right? He played well then. No. So it was windy on Saturday and he oh, ended he, up heading his low, his worst, worst round of the day. Round of the day. Yeah. And then yeah. Thursday, Friday, it was relatively calm. I think Sunday, all the wind cleared out by the time he teed off. Yeah. And then he was fine. And, and there was no wind at the British Open. No, it was pretty soft and benign. Mm-hmm. So it might be a thing. Although okay. th- there are a couple instances where I think there has been wind and he's done well. I just I can't think about the top of my head. So. Well, yeah, we'll we'll dig into that tomorrow. Yeah. Or the next night, whatever day we're on. I, well, I don't All know. All right. Let, let's talk about the approach shots. They're also difficult uh, at Bay Hill. Uh, of all golf courses that have released five tournaments in 2015, only TBC Sawgrass and Augusta National feature tougher approach shots from less than 150 yards. And from over 150, it faces the six toughest conditions of all PGA Tour venues. Um, it's due to the greens. They are really hard. They're really firm. Um, you know, the greens are very not receptive. And if you have low driving accuracy rates, you're coming out of that rough, you're not holding the green. The ball's just going to roll right through. Um, and we'll talk about a little bit how hard it is getting up and down. The average green regulation rate of the field since 2015 is only 57.6%. That is, that is uh, only Riviera, Augusta National, and Innisbrook have lower green regulation rates of annual like PGA tour stops. My God. Yeah. And I, the last couple of years has been like absolute carnage too. Yeah. Uh, it seems like it just is getting tougher and tougher and tougher. Like, like it seems like they also like, I think, I think they like think this is like their identity at this point. <laughs> right. Yeah. And they just let the golf course go shit. Like last year, the golf course was in absolute horrible condition at the end. And like, it looked bad on TV too. Remember how bad it looked on TV? Oh my god! And like, I mean, guys are complaining. And like, New York, normally I'm like, okay, like you're just being whining. Like, they 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 had a point. Like, yeah. it, it was it was borderline unplayable at that point. Um, and like you know, I, it's an entertainment product at the end of the day. But like, when you gamble on this stuff, like that's not comforting. That it's not a very fair playing field uh, that yep. they're playing on. So we'll see what happens this year. I mean, the winds are going to be really crazy. They got to make sure that these greens will get out of control, especially on Friday and Saturday. So um, we'll see what happens. Um, let's talk about around the green. So overall, the conditions, like as far as like, you know, chipping from the fairway or, you know, something like that, like just around the green, it's about PG tour average. You're not really gaining more strokes or losing more strokes. You would average venue. Uh, but there's some, you know, a little intricacies to it. The fairways are actually pretty easy to get up and down from, I think because you can putt off them most likely. Yeah. And I think that's like, that's a guy like a, a Bryson or a Hoblin that they're not really good with a wedge in their hand, but if you can get them putting from off the green, like from a fairway, that's actually okay for them. Yeah. So that might be why they've had a little bit of success there. Let's talk about the rough though. I mean, th- this is one of the toughest places to try and get up and down from off the rough. 
rather rough around the green. Um, it ranks second in toughest of scramble from the rough on all PGA Tour golf courses. And the thick rough, like even the ball stops, you get dicey lies. It can be mm-hmm. a great lie. It can be a terrible lie. It's basically a luck box at that point. <laughs> and with how firm and fast some of these greens are, it's really tough to get it close to the pin. You're not getting any spin. It's just kind of like, all right, I'm going to sweep under it and kind of hope and pray at that point. <laughs> spray, spray and pray, baby. Spray Basically, pray. yeah. So that's why it's really tough coming out of the rough. Now, historically, let's talk about the bunkers here. Um, historically, getting up and down from the bunkers hasn't been all that difficult. But last year, guys are having a lot of trouble. Uh, I remember last year, the bunkers, it seemed like guys were getting horrible lies. Like plug lies, fried yeah, eggs, fried eggs, just yeah. really bad. I don't know if they had too much sand in them. I don't know what was going on, but like I remember clearly, like Gary Woodland on seventeen mm-hmm. should have won the tournament. He plugged, uh, yep. in the or yeah, I, I, I think plugged in the bunker. Um, <laughs> just a <laughs> lot of really, of really dodgy lies. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau actually in 2021 said these are the worst bunkers uh, on the PJ Tour, and people roasted him for it, but he kind of has a point. Um, right. These bunkers were not easy to play from, from last year. Now, maybe they've done something to him, but uh, I remember clearly last year, no one was getting up and down from the bunkers. Yeah. Uh, you know, the greens were going to shit, and it just seemed like guys were having trouble with just getting out of it, either with poor lies, not being able to get a lot of spin, um, a lot of this stuff. Um, and then putting. So Bay Hill features fairly difficult putting conditions from over 15 feet. Uh, it's the ninth t- toughest of all PGA Tour courses with at least um, uh, five tournaments since 2015. Um, when the greens dry out, it's really windy. Uh, it's very difficult to lag putt on these greens. Uh, so the ability to make nervy comebackers and avoid three putts, um, especially a tournament that's going to feature, you know, a lot of pars, a lot of grinding it out. Can't free putt here. Can't give away strokes like that. Um, all right, let's talk about the relative skill set chart. So no surprise. I talked a lot about off the tee as far as like, you got to be really good here. Most correl- correlated like attributes as far as success at Bay Hill is off the tee. Uh, high rate of guys who are pretty long. High rate of guys who are accurate. Some have been accurate and not long. Some are really long and not accurate, mostly Bryson. Um, I would say, though, I don't think you can spray it all over this place. Like Bryson DeChambeau won here. I think that's the exception to the norm. You look at some guys like, you know, Scheffler, Molinari's not good. All the European tour guys, you know, they're pretty accurate. Like, you know, you got guys like Chris Kirk. Patton. Hor- yeah, Patton, Billy Korschel, Kirk, uh, Corey Connors even. Uh, they've done well here. Like, so basically, uh, I think Abraham Answer also has done well here, too. He's like, Hits a lot of fairways, but he gains a lot of strokes because he just hits fairways over and over. So, um, you know, if it if it does turn into a tournament, though, that it's really difficult to hold the fairways and airways in from the rough at that point, you know, then you're really going to want distance. Um, yeah. But overall, though, just target guys who just gain a lot of strokes off the tee. I would I would just say that um, that's your safe play, and on and that's just going to be most of your premium players uh, yeah. at this place. Uh, let's talk about putting too. Usually pretty good putters do pretty well here as well. I just mentioned the fact that it's really difficult to, uh, you know, putt from over 15 feet. It's difficult in general to get it close to the pin, uh, at this place because you're hitting from the rough a lot. It's hard to spin the ball. Uh, these greens are really firm. So usually pretty good putters do fairly well here. Um, and then there's not much of a, there's a lot of variance between guys who are, you know, good scramblers or bad scramblers. It doesn't mean like there's a big correlation to it. Um, I think that's mostly because Bryson's done well here and Hovland had the good year last year. But I, I think though there are exceptions to the rule. Like, you know, maybe you can be a bad scrambler and like kind of contend here, but you look at some of the guys who have won here the last couple, like five, six, seven years, Scheffler, awesome around the green. Hatton's pretty good around the green. Rory McIlroy's are really good around the green. Jason Day has won here. Awesome around the green. Mark Leishman, awesome around the green. Molinari was really good around the green when he won here. Yeah. So that seems like that's the difference between winning and losing. So for an outright bet, I'm looking for a guy who's going to be able to get up and down, especially with these weather conditions where I, I think it's going to be really difficult to hit a green regulation. You're going to have to get up and down. You're going to have some depth touch around the green. Um, I'm going to need a guy that has a short game too. So it is, it is curious about those bunkers last year. Yeah. I'm not really sure. I'm not sure what happened. Do we, do we can you email? 
like those people that you normally email? Can you see if you can get any info? I don't know if they're going to know exactly why. Like guys are. Let's just see if they made any changes to the bunkers. I can probably look back at last year's uh, uh, term of fact sheet and see if there's any notes about it. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's talk about the approach on distribution chart. So I usually just let's pull back the curtain. I usually only include last year's because usually it's pretty consistent what the tournament's done. Uh, I had to include 2021s as well because last year it actually saw a big shift in the bucket. Okay. And I can't explain why. I don't know if it's because the golf course just kind of went to shit last year and maybe it just promoted different pro shots. Maybe the wind was different. I don't really know. But the 2021 one, the one I put in my article, is consistent with basically the last like five, six, seven years. Okay. So if you look at that, the difference between the two, uh, last year was a lot higher rate in shots between 150 and 175 than there normally is. Uh, there was also a higher rate in shots between 175 and 200. It seems like it took a, they took away from shots between 200 and 225. It seems like those got shorned up a little bit. Yeah. Regardless, though, about 53, 54% of your shots are going to come between 150 and 225. Yeah. And then another about 17, 18% is going to come from 225 plus. Those are going to be your par fives. So if you just focus with your proximity and scoring ranges from 150 to 225, that's going to cover all your par threes and it's going to cover your most difficult par fours. Yeah. Uh, and then you're going to basically go for par five scoring at that point, which you don't really need your proximity stats. If you're just, okay, I just want to look at how good you are at par fives. They're all long approach shots. Most of the time you got to get up and down in order to get birdie or something like that. Um, that's going to cover about 70% of your approach shots. You might get a situation where guys might have to go, you know, lay up, uh, you know, to and play a par five and yeah. three. I mean, you can't really guess at that point. It depends on the wind, depends on where you are. I'm not really going right. to look at anything under 150. And most of the guys you look at that have won this thing really good with their basically mid to long irons. That just works here. So that's my strategy. Looking from 150 to 225, you know, like a weighted average for me as far as scoring and proximity. Um, and then look at par five scoring because you have to be able to take advantage of them to do, to farewell this course. That's what I'm going to do. So um, that's the betting strategy. So you got any questions? You can't let me bet Keegan this week, man. Why not? Because everything you just said points to Keegan in my brain, but he's not winning this event. He's not winning this event. You can let me bet. You can let me bet him some other way, but you cannot, you have to throw a rock at my face. If I try to bet him out, right. Okay. Yeah, I I, th- I think you just have to take the approach you took at Riviera and Genesis. Yeah, and pick there. There is a pool of about twenty two really yeah. elite golfers, and that and you got to pick three or four the of them. From. Yep. And that's probably it. And honestly, it's probably coming from under thirty to one. Like you can try oh. and jam in a forty to one guy that drifts, something <laughs> like that. But like, it, it just seems like. Especially if it really is going to be like windy as fuck, as windy as fuck, as difficult as it is, like the best players are probably, I guess there could be an element of luck that comes into it. But at the end of the day, like this JT plays well. I can't remember. Does JT play good in the wind or not good in the wind? (laughs) So I think he, we revoked his house cat status after, after, after sawgrass. That's right. At the Sawgrass, I yeah, think he, he has. He was in the bad wave and fucking and still played his balls off. I think he might have it again. Um, okay, he might have reclaimed it. All right. So because we've we've tried doing the JT thing. So at Phoenix, he wasn't relevant until the weather got good, yeah. and then at Riviera, he was not really a factor when it was windy. He just couldn't really mm-hmm. get anything going. So it might be Housecat status. Uh, I don't remember him even playing Bay Hill either, though. I don't either. He's another one who was, I always just kind of showed up at the players. I feel like, yeah, it's just so weird because all these fucking guys live down here. I don't know. So I mean, I I, I don't think Bay Hill is a very. If it wasn't for Arnold Palmer, I don't no, no, think no. guys would really want to go to this place. I mean, like you think about the tournaments these guys have been through the last like three, four, five years. Who would really want to play this thing? Yeah, it's true. Espe- especially last year, all the negative criticism that they got at this place, like. If there wasn't yeah. the high money and just respect to Arnie, yeah. like yeah. I, well, that's the thing would that was fucked up Honda about at that point. That was the thing that was fucked up about the Honda. I mean, Nicholas is there. Like, what the hell, man? Like, people don't want to. Like, he's alive. 
people don't want to plot around and like say like all right i got another water like hole here like i don't want to play this thing yeah, no, so. trust me. I feel and so, listen, like, I mean, uh, the Honda legitimately, though, like, you had two elevated events. It's two elevated events. Like, <laughs> yeah. you got to take a week off. You can't be just Sungjae yeah. playing eight straight weeks. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do yet this week. I don't, know. I don't know. All right. So let me ask a question. Where's, what's Rom going to be when he opens up? Uh, seven and a half, eight, maybe six. I think six. Yeah. Five, five wins in the last ten events, and honestly, what I just described is. I know, I know, I know. Got hit, got hit really good off the tee, long and straight. He would be a really good putter. He was, he was, he was squirrely with that fucking driver in the wind. That is true. He was squirrely, man. He, that is true. He was missing left. A that lot. is true. He was missing left. I'd have to look at what he's been doing recently, but just his overall profile. Yeah, you're right. But yeah. I, I think, I mean, look, you win at Riviera, you win at Amex, you win at Kapalua. Yeah. yeah. You Maybe almost, gonna, you know, you're in the mix of Phoenix. Yep. It's six, yeah, six to one. You're going to have your smart asses who think they know a lot about golf. Like, oh, I'm just going to, you know, sing a bull of John Rahm. So the books, I think, are going to have to go like yeah. six to one just to say, all right, we're, why don't we protect ourselves? Like, what's the downside to a book? There's no downside to the book. What's the, yeah, yeah. What's the downside? Yeah. Like, you can put them like three to one. Like, yeah, people still at that point. Yeah. Who cares at that point? So. Not me. Because I'm, I'm an idiot. I won't bet it. But, right. You know. So, all right. I got nothing else. You got anything else? No, nah, that's it. Uh, we got who we got on the show this week. We got Joe. We got Joe. I don't need on Tuesday. We got nobody tomorrow. So, okay. uh, we'll talk about the weathers, you know, as far as how that's shaping up. We'll get uh, initial yep. ownership where we think that's going to be. Uh, our yep. Fisher initial leads, as far as like, you know, about generally guys are like in certain tiers. So, yep. uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, and yeah, let's, uh, let's try to have a better week this week. We gotta have a better week this week. No, there's no try. There's only do. That's what my father used to no, say. No, hey, so. listen, listen. I'm optimistic. I am taking last week. I'm not gonna get frustrated about it. I was right there. I had the handicap. I just picked the wrong guys. It happens to golf. Yeah, so, absolutely. I'm feeling. I'm feeling okay. All right. Well, uh, go check out Steve's article uh, where he really breaks it down. It goes uh, a little more in depth. Uh, if you uh, if you want to, which you should, go give it the fucking click. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Boston underscore capper uh and yeah we'll be back for the dfs show tomorrow night and uh joe idoni on tuesday for the betting show and uh yeah it's the florida swing baby break them fucking books 